0: In this episode of Knowledge is Power, we'll be exploring several topics that shed light on one particular leader's pivotal moments in her exciting career, major moments that she's had along the way, and her knowledge and experience across the gambit in the ed tech world, from coaching, from playing, to now running a business and leading a group of people. With us today is Ashley Anderson-Zantop, the CEO of Cambium Learning Group. Ashley, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
0: It's so great to have you as well and just going down the resume, it's a really impressive background. I know everyone in the EdTech community knows who you are and knows who Cambium Learning Group is and I can't wait to unpack a few things that Perhaps they didn't know about you in Cambium. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Ashley. Let's peel back a few layers and learn really what's shaped you into the leader that you are today in the business world. I know you've got a diverse background, but what really shaped you? What shaped you along the way into the leader that you are today?
1: Yeah, well, what a good question. So many things. I mean, I think so many important people and experiences have gone into shaping who i am both as a person and as a leader you know so it's not possible i don't think we have a long enough show here to name them all but i will give you a few things i think that have been really influential and fundamental to shaping who i am as a leader one of the first things that stands out to me that informs sort of my view of work and the world is you know i've had the privilege to live and work all over the United States and also around the world in my career. And being able to spend time working in multiple different cities and cultures and locations has really given me an appreciation for how vibrant and beautiful our differences are between cities, between cultures, between countries, and also some of the universal truths that really unite us. You know, when you boil it all down, We all want to thrive personally, and we want our children to thrive. And it's a really big part of the reason that our work at Cambium is so meaningful to me, because our purpose is to help every teacher and every student feel seen, valued, and supported. And that's because we're striving to give students and children in the U.S. and around the world access to the future. And you know that, that sort of comes back to what shaped me early in my career. Before I jumped to business and started looking at industry as a way to pair innovation with what was needed in education, you know, I trained as an educator and I coached. And you know, working as a classroom teacher and a coach, you know right away each day, each lesson, each practice, if you've done a good job setting expectations, communicating requirements or standards, and you know if you've set and communicated a North Star and if your students or your athletes are motivated to go after it or not. And these are the kinds of skills that essentially all leaders in all organizations need to develop and hone. So some of my earliest Work and the things that I was really passionate about, I didn't realize it at the time, but that really helped instill in me some of the basics that I think you need as a leader in order to be successful in good times and in times of struggle. In in leading an organization to generating the outcomes that you're striving for,
0: you're exactly right. You kind of get a pulse on if people actually have buy-in uh, into the North Star, which is the mission, and whether you're a coach of a team in an athletic program or running an an entire business group, there's got to be that buy-in and uh, you've got to lead the way. There's a lot of different leadership types. Uh, You know, some lead by example. Some are the more vocal types. Some are, you know, uh, in a hybrid and there's a couple of others in there. Take us back in time now. You know, perhaps there's a couple examples of coaching where you're like, gosh, I really don't want to be like that. Or I really didn't like that kind of coach or that instance or teacher even. But maybe, maybe along the way you're saying, Hey, you know what? That person was kind of right.
1: Well, it's interesting because when you think about those moments that, that do help you learn about the kind of leader that you want to be, you're absolutely right that some of those moments or some of those people are people who show you a positive example and something that you really aspire and strive to be. Sometimes somebody might show you a negative example, which can also be powerful in shaping your point of view about something that you don't want to be. You know, sometimes your learning comes from successes and you celebrate those successes and and figure out ways to cause them to happen again. And sometimes your learning comes from mistakes, (laughs) you know, things that didn't go well. And if you're smart and motivated and really interested in investing in future success you use those negative examples those and or those mistakes as learning opportunities just as much as you use those positive examples or those things that went well i mean I, people ask me often, you know, what's an example of a mistake that you've learned from? And often I end up saying things like, how long do you have? Because I could go on endlessly (laughs) about all the mistakes that I've learned from. And I think that is actually one of the most important things that I've learned over time is that you must keep learning as As a leader, as a professional. And that's true whether you're talking about leading teams of people or whether you're talking about personal leadership, leading yourself. You know, when you've done something well, that's terrific. Celebrate it. But you can still pause and ask yourself, is there anything that I could have done to cause that to go better? And when you've done something, you know, that you really feel like is a mistake or that didn't go well, you really need to own it and look it in the eye and examine it with your own clear eyes so that you can identify what you could have done differently. And I think when you're willing to do that, you actually end up turning mistakes into an opportunity to learn and therefore an investment in your future success. So if you think about it that way, you think about making the investment in your own professional learning by being honest about the things that you could do better, it starts to become a really important daily leadership habit. You know, one of the things that I figured out perhaps later than I should have probably maybe around 15 or so years ago was I should do that every day. So literally, you know, at night before I fall asleep, I think about what are the two or three things I could have done better today or differently today, because in a dynamic environment where things are changing all the time, that helps me adapt very quickly so that I have something new each morning when I wake up that I think, yep, I can apply that tomorrow or I can apply that the next day or I can apply that today or I can apply that right now. And I think that's really important. And it also keeps us from taking ourselves too seriously.
0: Yeah, honest assessment. You you learn that along the way. You know, I can imagine as one gets more experience under their belt, they grow up and life hits them hard perhaps and they're forced to face reality in some moments. Then I think you start to mold this, okay, I've got to be honest with myself. I can't live in the clouds over here. And you you learn along the way and you get to meet other like-minded individuals that you cross paths with and put yourself in those circles. Uh, and you get to continue to learn from them and learn about yourself and, you know, give to them as well. You've held a number of different leadership positions across your career, whether it was, perhaps leading the rowing team or even being a coach on the rowing team right out of school, all the way to a number of different associations, uh, companies. And now you're you're the CEO of Cambium Learning Group. You've learned a lot along the way. There've been some pivotal moments. I know that you like yogiisms as well. I've always heard if there is a fork in the road, you've got to take it, which leads to some major learning moments along the way. You know, tell us maybe one or two things that might come to mind when you think of some of the major learning moments along the way.
1: Yeah, well, here's one that I think can be hard for professionals, really motivated professionals, folks who are aspiring leaders. The one thing that I think you can learn over time, and I wish that somebody had been capable of saying this to me in a way that I was willing to hear earlier in my career, is that you not only don't need to be the smartest person in the room, you don't need to have all the right answers. You often won't. So As a leader, you really have to consider that your job is not to have all the right answers, but your job is to bring all the right people together, get all the right voices at the table so that together you can come up with the input that's necessary to chart the path forward. You really have to consider it your job to bring all the stakeholders in whatever ecosystem that you are operating in to bring their voices to the table to make sure that their voices are heard. And that's so much more important than you personally having the right answer. And the reason that that's so much more important than that is because. You know, we don't do business or organizations alone. They're all team sports, right? If we were talking about just doing something by ourselves, that's a different with no people involved, no stakeholders, et cetera, just something for yourself, by yourself, that's an entirely different matter. But in business and organizations, in schools and institutions, these are organizations of people. And what matters so much more than being right is what you can get other people to do. And how you can lead them through that, how you can help them understand what that North star is that we were talking about earlier and then achieve it. And that means getting buy-in, creating a shared vision, having a shared context. And so, so much more important than being the person with the right answer is what you can help other people achieve together and whether you can help that group of people achieve the outcome that you're striving to achieve. Um, And often that has very little to do with you personally being right or being recognized as being right. And I think that's a hard lesson for a lot of really ambitious, motivated, aspiring leaders to learn early on. But it's so important. (laughs) It's so important. And so... Again, I'm not sure if somebody had even really told that to me in those words early in my career, I would have been able to hear it. I would have been in a place able to hear it, but I wish that for my former self.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh, no kidders. There's a lot of ways where you know individual brilliance brings about a good collective accomplishment, but again, that's part of teamwork. Everyone has to contribute, so that's amazing. You know, you've you've probably got a few specific memories along the way. Now that you are the the ultimate leader at Cambium Learning Group, you've got a lot of leaders underneath you. At one point, you were building to take that step. Probably had a mentor, or perhaps uh, you have mentees now. I won't single one out, but I'd love to hear from you about a time where you had to make a a tough or a difficult decision. You really relied on that relationship with a mentor or with a mentee to help you form that decision-making. Is there one that really sticks out to you?
1: Well, it's interesting that that you ask about it because I feel like that's true of almost every major decision. And I like that you're asking about that in the context of a mentor and mentee relationship because I think you know as I think about mentors or mentees that have made the biggest difference in my career and both have both mentors and mentees, I would even take it a step further. I would say that, you know, if if we do the mentor mentee relationship right, what we're really doing is we're building allyship. I think that One of the most important things leaders and aspiring leaders can do is make allyship a part of their leadership philosophy. And, you know, people talk about allies regularly and often in business and other types of organizations and talk about, you know, who they hope to have as allies or gain as allies. But one of the things I don't think we spend enough time talking about is that the best way. To build an ally who's going to help you with decision-making, with supporting an outcome that you're striving for, or other kinds of work that you need to do as a professional is to be one, to really be an ally to somebody else. And again, that might be somebody that you might you know think of traditionally as a mentee, or it might be somebody that you think of traditionally as a mentor, or any other key contributor in your stakeholder group you know whether you're talking about a customer or someone you serve whether you're talking about a leader or a boss whether you're talking about somebody it's your responsibility to lead and support like a direct report or employee somebody else in your stakeholder group it's really important to be an ally to people and to build meaningful relationships with people, because those are the people that are going to help you. And those are the people that are going to be the most committed to your success, because that's what really being an ally is. And I think one of the reasons it's so important to make allyship an important part of our leadership framework is because you will get the most honest input and the most supportive approach to helping you with decision-making in those types of relationships. I can think of lots of times in business where, you know, a group I was responsible for had to make a big decision about whether we were going to change the way we were organized, our organizational structure, or we were going to make a strategic shift, a shift in our business strategy. Those are the kinds of conversations that, you know, you want to be having really meaningful conversations with both people you might traditionally think of as mentors and mentees. And if those people are all part of your allyship and your universe of allies and you are an ally to them, you're going to have great conversations and the types of conversations that you should be having about those situations that you need to inform those key decisions.
0: I really like that, how you, you kind of took a traditional framework of mentor-mentee and built it into really a working relationship together and how you can build each other. You know, oftentimes, you know, when you are a mentor, you gain just as much or more from teaching someone. You learn so much from that person. I was in Big Brothers Big Sisters when I was younger in college. And, you know, as, as much of an impact I'd like to say I had on my, my little brother, I learned so much as well. Um, So I like this idea that leadership should be required to have some sort of allyship in there. And uh, I like how you unpack that. It's uh, really, really impactful. There's so much going on in the world, so much going on in business. I know things have shifted. They've accelerated over the past few years now. You know, it's hard to predict the future as we've literally figured out here. Um, No one can predict it. The second half of the year, 2022, is here officially, on the calendar at least. What trends do you anticipate your industry embracing as it moves forward? Is there anything in particular you see accelerating or shifting? Let, let's hear straight from you here.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate you asking the question. I think you know people talk about Cambium as an ed tech company and therefore as a technology company. You know, really what we are is an organization that leverages technology to make an impact in K-12 education. We're really, our purpose, as we talked about earlier, is to help every teacher and every student feel seen, valued, and supported. And we use technology as a tool to do that. But our purpose is really about people, teachers, and students. And I think one of the things that we have to be honest about in K-12 education right now is that a lot of people are struggling. You know, educators have faced tremendous pressure and stress the last couple of years. Teachers, administrators, students, and their families are just exhausted. You know, I read a recent report that says that we're expecting approximately 300,000 K-12 teachers to decide not to come back to the classroom this coming fall wow. and just to- Put that in context for folks who, you know, aren't thinking about the space every day, that's about a large size state's entire state's worth of K-12 teachers or two smaller, lower population states worth of teachers. And that's on top of the teachers who have left education, you know, in the course of the last couple of years. So for us, I think it can be them, And as we think about what's coming. That makes our purpose more critical than ever. And it means that the solutions that we're investing in and that we're launching and that we're excited to launch in instruction and assessment and professional learning, we're really excited about because we think we need all of those things. And we need to double down on our commitment to really support educators so they feel supported and want to stay in education and so that we help them support the students that they need to support and accelerate students so that they can be successful. And, you know, a big part of the way that we're doing that is by investing, continuing to invest in the space and things like more professional learning innovation for educators. So tools, supports, both synchronous and asynchronous, the way that K-12 students now are learning today We are investing in those kinds of supports for educators as well so that they can feel supported as they help to reach the students that they're responsible for. And those types of innovations and continuing investment in the space, that kind of commitment to the space is really critical now more than ever because of the kinds of things that we just have to recognize are a reality that we're grappling with now. And we're excited about that challenge. That's why we're all fired up and why we get out of bed every morning. That's what we come to work to do. But at the same time, we have to recognize that it's really critical and important work and our commitment is serious and deep.
0: Cambium Learning Group, the North Star of the K-12 space. I love it. And Ashley Zantop leading the way. As we wrap up here, Ashley, I'd like to end it with Uh, sharing your favorite quote and why perhaps, you know, you can relate it to what motivates you in professional work or, you know, what rings true in a professional setting, or maybe it's something just personal outside of, of work itself.
1: Oh, well, okay. So I have so many, so many favorite quotations. Some are, you know, from my personal life that kind of ring true as truisms throughout, but I will tell you a couple, a couple of quotes that are related to one another that I was thinking about as I was working with a group of people a few weeks ago. So I have two quotations for you and they're similar and incredibly relevant, even though they're separated by centuries. So the first is from Maya Angelou who said, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. And centuries before that, Leonardo da Vinci is credited with penning something like, I actually have it right here. It had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. Both resonate for me so strongly because they're about committing yourself to something that matters to you and then doing the work. And you know that's what I strive to do every day. That's what we're doing at Cambium. You know, we really are committed to doing the work in the space. We are committed to using technology and expertise and personal passion and commitment to serve our purpose, to help people specifically to close the opportunity gap in education. I mean, we are really striving to reach and support every teacher and every student and that's because education gives each of us the agency and the opportunity to have a future. And I think that's that's work now that's more important than ever.
0: Amazing. I love it. It's a similar quote across centuries, as you mentioned, and there's so much in those that you could probably write a book about it. I'm sure there's plenty of books written about it, but I love those quotes, Ashley. And uh, I want to thank you for spending time with us today. And for those who want to continue following the show, Knowledge is Power, you can subscribe on uh, Apple. Uh, podcast, Spotify, or follow us on marketscale.com. Be sure to connect with Ashley on on LinkedIn or social media there so you can continue following her great work. Ashley, it was so great having you today. Thank you again for for spending the time and sharing some of your, your amazing background and experiences with us.
1: Brandon, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much.